Want to stream cognitive dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app. Go to dissonancepod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show. Hi Tom, hi Cecil. Greetings from the UK, the land of hope and glory and bullshit peddlers like the Daily Mail, the Daily Express, Andrew Wakefield and David Icke. But I digress. Now I realise that the chances of you understanding a single word of what I'm saying is slim to none, seeing as we share a common language but my accent is slightly different to yours. So rather than risk you missing the point of this message, I present it to you in four-part harmony. Glory hole, motherfuckers. Glory hole, glory hole, glory hole, glory hole. Hi guys, this is Kate from Denton, Texas. Super mega ultra glory hole. Um, hey, when I was young, every time I had an opportunity to wish on birthday candles or four-leaf clovers or fallen eyelashes, and yes, even prayer, I only ever wished for one thing. I wanted to be able to fly. Not with wings like a fairy, because fairies are lame. I wanted to fly like Nathan Petralian heroes, or a Jedi, or like Superman. This was my only wish for at least seven years of my life. Anytime I prayed for anything, I prayed to be able to fly. I was even concerned that if I prayed for too many things, the less important wishes might be granted, and the gift of flight might be overlooked by God. So I was always very careful never to ask for anything else, to stay consistent and focused on my goals. Spoiler alert, I still can't fly. True story. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Good afternoon, guys. Glory hole from the UK. I am talking slowly and pronouncing my words as best I can because I know you can't understand the English accent, even though you speak English, the language we gave you. And you give us so much more back. And I, for one, appreciate what you do. Thank you. This is Terry from the UK saying bye. What's up, guys? Love the show. Hey, Glory Hole. Um, you know, I, I'm calling because I think people are kind of overreacting a little bit about that Christian woman that was giving the description to school kids about having sex. Quite honestly, dude, uh, I believe she's being pretty accurate. And I think we actually owe her a debt of gratitude. Um, in terms of that accuracy. Every Christian woman I've ever had sex with, yeah, okay, there it is. So, as for the proof, I'd have to offer up Marcus Backdoor Bachman. There it is. Have a great show. Bye. Warning. Following podcast may contain nuts and all vegetables.
this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode, we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 104, and I know that because it's in the notes. It, and I, <laughs> I did put it there. I specifically put it there. I could put anything there, though, and you would you, just read it. You know, you could, because when I when I open up the file, I named it 103. Yeah. And it's like, and my computer's like, hey, asshole, you've already done this before. And I overwrote it. Oh, it's that's It's like, do you awesome. want to save over it? I'm like, yeah. fuck, yeah, I want to save over it, bitch. I burn every bridge. <laughs> I do believe that atheists are parasites in the sense they're benefiting from everything that religious culture is built in America, but they're doing nothing to add energy into the system. Uh, and our first story comes from opposingviews.com. U.S. Immigration Services believes an atheist can't be a conscientious objector. Texas woman who lived in the United States for 30 years applied to become a naturalized citizen, but as part of the naturalization process... You have to say that you're willing to take up arms to defend the United States if, you know, shit goes tits up. And uh, she didn't want to do that. It says that it right she's... in there. It says, it says, if shit goes tits up. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the kind of funny, too, because, yeah. you know, the, I'm, I'm surprised the founding fathers wrote like that. But once in a while, they just let loose and they just wrote shit like that. You know, they get to drink of that hard cider yeah. while they're drafting and things just they start to get a little real. You Come know? on, Jefferson, put your wig on backwards again. Should we make them take up arms? Well, I don't know. I mean, if shit goes tits up. I love tits your up. pantaloons, Madison. You have marvelous pantaloons. What, are you kidding me? We're dressed all in wool. It's 100 goddamn degrees in here. This is ridiculous. That's oh, awesome. What do you think about that, though, Tommy? I mean, you, do you think that you can be a conscientious objector and be an atheist? Yeah, I can't think why. I mean, yes, of course. I, I, yeah, absolutely I do. I mean, like, to me, like, I read the word conscientious objector, and I think of the conscience, right? I think right. of... You know, your like your your moral compass, like the the ethics that guide your personhood. Um, the idea that because I don't have religion, that I don't have an ethical standard. That's really what I feel like they're saying. Right. Like you don't have an ethical standard because you're not religious. Wow. I guess I wonder. I wonder if they think that you know, can atheists be vegetarians then? Right? No, you, you know, can't. Like, you just can't do it. You just can't do it. They're like laughing at the atheist vegetarians, like, ah, you stripped away all your morality and you still don't eat meat. Yeah, it, I mean, this is like the same. This is like you know, atheists eat babies, right? It's right. Like you're just like yeah. you're always walking around like punting kittens somewhere. Yeah. Just like, oh, time to punt a kitten. Like, why? I don't know. I don't believe in God. I can't tell what's nice or not nice. Yeah, and in every moment of my life, I'm doing things that are only self-serving. Right. And, you know, in, in a way, why wouldn't you think? If that's, if that's what you think of atheists, if you think, you know, all they're doing is being self-serving, well, then why wouldn't you let them be like, well, I'm not going to fight for you? Why wouldn't why wouldn't it fall why wouldn't that fall into the the doctrine of belief that allows you to get out of fighting a war because if you're already self-serving serving in a war most of the time would not help you right no kidding like I mean at least in the small scale <laughs> yeah it's 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 pretty pretty unusual to be like oh man being in that war really hooked me up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're a war criminal right. you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm reminded when I read this, there's a uh, 
there's a story in one of David Rakoff's books, you know, where he's applying for citizenship. He's Canadian. He's applying for United States citizenship. And he has to answer the same question. And, you know, he's like he has this whole conversation with himself where he's like, well, I just kind of figure it's grass soup, you know, that if things get really so bad that the person you want to draft into your army is like, you know, an overweight 40 something gay man. Then at that point, fine, I'll pick up arms and defend right. the country because everybody else is dead. Like, if, like, I am your last resort. Yeah. You know, and you look at this and it's like, well, conscientious objectors should be your last resort because they're going to be the worst soldiers. Yeah. Like, this is the worst soldier. Like, would you take up arms? Actually, I'm kind of a con- – well, we're going to need you to do it anyway. But I'm not going to be good at it. <laughs> of all the people you could select, you could train an army of dogs and they would be better than right. me. You know, like you could train an army of chipmunks and they would be better than me at this. It'd be like if I got drafted to play on the Chicago Bulls. It'd be like, yeah. listen, <laughs> an army of chipmunks would be better than you on the Bulls. That's right, for like, sure. Are you kidding me? I'm five foot eight. I'm a fat guy with asthma. You want yeah. me to play on the Chicago Bulls? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> you I don't even tired run. spelling bulls. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even run fast enough to get the towels to them <laughs> during a break. <laughs> you can't even be like the Gatorade kid. <laughs> you're just so, you're out of breath after you get to the first guy. You're just like, I, I made it to Luel Dang, but I can't make it to Joachim Noah. There's no way I can go down half court and I'm deliver presu- this Gatorade. I'm presuming those are people that they you are. just those mentioned. Are people I, just I would mentioned. drink the Gatorade. Yeah. Are you yeah. kidding me? I'd be like, I'd be like, you're like wiping your so mouth off. Here you go. Here you go, I, Derek Rose. Here's your Gatorade. I show up. I've got like, I got an empty cup, panting. I've got like my hands are in. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. All right, I'll go back and get you another one. I, I totally drank that first one. They call the paramedics to get you off. They have to like hella lift you off the court. (laughs) I have feelings too. Uh, But, you know, I, I totally agree with you, though, with the idea of. You know, not only that you would be out of breath if you ran across the basketball court, but also, but also, you know, this is a 65 year old lady, you know, like what is she, what could you possibly do in the military? I mean, really at this point, there's not a lot you could do anyway. I mean, 60, it doesn't matter if you're a lady or a man, you're not going to be doing much. You're just a, you're just a, you know, a, you'd be a road, you'd be a speed bump for their tanks or something. Yeah. It's like, you know, you could be body armor. In the sense that somebody could strap your body <laughs> your to their body armor and then protect themselves <laughs> from bullets. Yeah, not it's, you, them. No. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. No, I mean, I, like, you know, would you be willing to take up arms and bear arms and defend the country? It's like, mm, no, no, I, I'm really not really. I mean, I'm not even like I'm not willing to do that. No, I'm just not going to do that. Well, you you have to unless you're religious. Then. Then yeah. you don't have to. I mean, I gotta, you gotta hand it to the person, though. I mean, they could just fucking lie. It's not I like know. anybody's gonna ever right. call them on it. But right. they, they stand by their guns here. And I, you know, I, I got some respect for that. And I do think, you know, I think anybody who wants to be a conscientious objector should be. You know, if you're a pacifist, you shouldn't be forced to fight. I totally agree 100%. I think that, you know, but I also don't think that you need some sort of religious text in order to point to and say, this is why I'm a pacifist. I think you can get to that logically without any sort of religious backing. Yeah, I think pacifism is, is a pretty reasonable ethical position to take. 
It's not my ethical position, but I'm just too fat to attack people. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not pacifism. It's just lazy. Laziness. It's just lazy. It's like the Chinese are invading. I'm like, ah, come on in. Yeah. Bring food. <laughs> I got bring, chopsticks. Did come you on. bring takeout? <laughs> <laughs> Put the Kung Pao over here, buddy. I got it. No problem. Oh, Welcome to my home. We have reduced an entire people to their food. That's just just yeah. the shitty American. Yeah, I know, and the shitty too, American right? version of their food too. We are a proud nation. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you say, feed me. Whatever. Yeah. Stuff an egg roll in my maw. Yeah. Are you stuffing egg rolls and hot mustard down my throat enough yet? We believe we're moving into a supernatural season where, if needed, God will multiply food. I have seen God multiply food more than one time when I was cooking. So this story comes from thinkprogress.org. Congressman claims people struggling to survive on food stamps are intentionally buying overpriced food, says Representative Steve Jowles Stockman. As he said it, there was a reverberation from his giant <laughs> fat cheeks as he said it, too. He had, he also ended it with, oh, 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 oh. I've got food stamps. I bought seven frogs. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, he's like making the Democratic whip dance for him in a bikini, you know. Well, you know, the, the, this guy's arguing in a press relief that the supplemental, the supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program provides cushy benefits to recipients. Fuck you, you and basically badass. <laughs> God. Says the man who clearly receives a lot of food benefits. <laughs> and then the food benefits are the calories. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this, is a guy, this is a guy who clearly has had a pint of Ben and Jerry's for breakfast every day for the last four or five years. Like, he is definitively a chubby hubby. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. Absolutely. You know, the one thing that drives me crazy is this guy wound up taking the, the, the their average benefit program is four fifty a day. So it's four dollars and fifty cents a day. And he wound up taking thirty one fifty for the entire week. And he went out and he bought food, enough food to, to eat off of it. And then, like you said earlier when we were talking, Tom, he sat back like a smug bastard and said, well, look at me. I was able to do it. I was able to live off $31 and I was fine. And there's a couple of things that we talked about when we were talking about this story earlier before we recorded. And, you know, one of them is, you know, he didn't, he wasn't in a food desert. And I guess when you tweeted this, you said this, that he, you know, he's not in a food desert. He's not in a place where he can, where, you know, you have to take public transportation of some sort to get to a place to actually buy the fucking food. And I also wonder too, did he buy all the staples that go along with cooking right. that food? Because, yeah, you can cook rice and water, but did he add something to it? Did he add salt? Did he have to buy the salt? Did he have to buy the, you know, the other things that you need in the in the kitchen? To, you know, did he buy, let's say he, he needed ketchup, did he buy that with the 30? Because you know what? The thing of ketchup is like four bucks. You know, yeah, so it's your whole day. Yeah, whole I mean, like, really, it's a whole hides. day for like one thing of ketchup right. or, you know, like a couple of cans of Progresso soup. That's like four dollars. So the idea that, you know, you can just survive off of this, you know, maybe you can. And you mentioned earlier you could if you just went and bought, you know, stock big bunch of dry beans and a bunch of rice, you could probably survive off of it. But at the end of the day. He's going back to his regular diet after a week. Right. Yep. What is he going to be like after 52 weeks of just eating rice and beans or whatever it is that you eat to survive? 450 a day in Chicago. 
I mean, you can't even get a latte for four fifty down here. It's yeah. outrageous. You know, it, this is a way to make sure that the poor are fucking miserable, right? right? It's like saying, like, well, we'll give you barely, just fucking barely enough food to literally survive. Like, you right. will be able to metabolize calories. Yeah. That's fucking it. But you will receive no joy. Yeah. No joy from it whatsoever. <laughs> You're fucking poor. You don't deserve joy. Fuck you. I'm eating another frog. <laughs> it's not even. It's not even joy. The thing is, is it's not even a balanced meal. No, you no, know, no. The no. idea is, is like four dollars a day, four fifty a day is not going to be able to feed you. Uh, you know, a food and, and, you know, and in some kind of variety in some way. I mean, you can't just eat the same damn thing every day, which is, you know, a can of Spam and an egg or something, right. whatever you're eating, right. whatever you're trying to choke down today to stay within your $4.50 budget. Um, you know, this is like what this is, is basically giving away free clothes to the poor, but they happen to be clown clothes. Yeah, right. So it's <laughs> like, you know, you got to wear like the Ronald McDonald pants and the giant fucking shoes <laughs> and a big ass wig. It's like, yeah, you know, you're not sufficiently shamed enough to be poor let me shame you just a little more yeah it what well, you know i mean you're supposed to eat like a balanced diet right i mean you can eat a balanced diet at four dollars and fifty cents a day fucking apples are two dollars and 49 cents yep. a pound over yep. here you know and what's an apple weigh an apple weigh is you know, half a pound maybe a little less yeah you well, can't even a quarter pound with four ounces right you you can you can't eat a food like you seriously have to eat the least nutritionally valuable foods available. You're eating fucking garbage food or you're eating, you know, barely, like we said, like barely surviving foods. You're not right. talking about like and, – and, you you know, if you want to be competitive, if you want to be uh, a person in the world who's going to compete and who's – you've got to have good nutrition, my fucking god. You've got to have good nutrition in order to, like, raise healthy children, in order to have energy, in order for your fucking brain to function full blast, right? Like, these aren't – this is not, like, something that you you can fuck around with. $4.50 fucking cents? Are you serious? Fucking Representative Steve Jowles Stockman from Texas? <laughs> Guy looks like he ate a whole stockyard. <laughs> you know, Tom, wasn't there a story – Somewhere about how much it costs to get milk, like how much, what's the average price for milk and like in like really yes. difficult inner city areas, it's like 20, 30, 40 cents more than it is in like this dickhead's neighborhood, yeah. you know, and the, and the, you know, that's just one product. Right. It's not a bunch of products, just one fucking product. So, you know, stop, get, get off your fucking, first off, you're going to need some help. To get off your high horse because you're a fucking <laughs> giant fat human being. Get a couple of squires to come over and help you off your high horse. But really, just try to consider it from somebody else's. You have a little bit of empathy. Don't sit back and be like, oh, I can live off, you know, $31, $31.50 a week. Why can't they? You know, you also, you know, live in a, you know, a nice house. You have a car. You have all these other things that are, that are involved in this that just totally tip the equation in your in your favor you know and I, I real do i real quick do also want to bring up you know I, I know that was sort of a joke but the idea of joy you get five fucking senses you get five that's all you fucking get one of them is taste i mean imagine looking at poor people and saying you're poor you don't get to see beautiful things anymore yeah what you're poor you don't get to hear beautiful music anymore fuck you fuck that sense you don't get to have that you're poor 
that's that's cruel. Yeah. I mean, that taste is one of your it, it, it it's one of the five senses. It's one of the five ways we get to take in stimulus from our world around us. To deprive people of that so egregiously and for no fucking reason. For no reason. Like we can't cut corners somewhere else. This is where we're going to cut the corners. I know. To fucking shit on poor people. Yeah. I mean, it's this, just fucking mean is what and it it's, is. And, it's, and the thing is, is you're absolutely right when you say, <clears throat> is this where we're going to cut corners? Because you know what? There's a probably a lot, there's probably a lot of other pork things that you can cut so that they, poor people can actually eat pork. Yo, well, look at this guy. Yeah. He is made of pork. <laughs> Lord, we just ask to, to be covered with the blood of Jesus. Open hearts, Lord. Open hearts. So this story comes from wlocks.com. Tyler Town Puppy Mill busted. Official, worst I've ever seen. Puppy Mill? Why would this be on cognitive dissonance? Hmm, who was running the puppy mill? <laughs> <laughs> the owner of the dogs is a pastor and was selling the dogs out of his church. <laughs> I wonder if he's like standing up in front of everybody. And right after, you know, when you, I don't know if they did this at your, because you were Methodist, right? We were, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I don't know if they did this after your Methodist thing, but I, when I was Catholic, the priest comes out and stands by the door. And as you leave, you shake hands and do things like oh, that. Yeah, so the yeah, priest yeah, will come out and shake your hand or whatever. Like, <laughs> like congratulations going. for going to mass or whatever. I don't even know. But, I, you know, I wonder if he's just standing there and he's got his robes on. And he opens up. He's like, hey, buddy, you want to buy a puppy? And he's got all these puppies. They're just lined inside of his coat, his, like, robe. And, he, and you're like, wait, did you do the entire sermon with those puppies in there? Like, like were they in there the whole time? I don't worry. I really duct taped their mouths. Yeah. So that- <laughs> Well, that's better conditions than they were living in. So, <laughs> like the shady guy at the Greyhound station trying yeah. to sell you a Rolex. Yeah, you know? like he's just like opens up his coat, <laughs> he's like, pulls, pulls up his arm. There's like a puppy in there. Dogs here. Yeah. I got dogs. Actual fucking dogs here, born and bred in terrible, deplorable conditions to sell to my flock. <laughs> what? Why is? Oh, it's just man. such an odd story. It like, really is. But it's, you know, it's uh, it's awful to, you know, to to put dogs through this. And, you know, I mean, like this, the worst part is, is like, imagine you're the dog born into this shitty world. You And you basically you're born and like next to you is a corpse dog. And I you're know. just like, fuck, what's next? And then you just die in a cage <laughs> and nothing. I mean, you basically just, you know, you just wind up as a corpse dog. And then you're the next corpse dog that comes out. The duck's dog that sees you is is like, oh shit, that's what's what I get to be. Right. Yeah. It, it, that's not a good. That's not a yeah. good sign. That's not a good omen when you're like, oh, no, stretching out in the world for the first time. Let me check out my new digs. <laughs> they are awful. These it's like digs suckling on a skeleton. It's just like <laughs> just suckling on a skeleton. It's mm. like trying to. Man, this thing is dry. Mommy tastes like marrow. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, hate my brothers. <laughs> this is just a horrible it's story. So Puppy mills are just, that's just a horrible, shitty thing. And, you know, like, like the worst part is that the dogs are kept in, like, these deplorable conditions. Not only are the dogs dying, but also the dogs, like, probably are sick. They probably have mange oh, yeah, and, yeah, you know, a bunch just... of other parasites. And, you know, I mean, like, the dogs are just in horror, horror, horrible conditions. Yeah, why would you treat your product like this? And it doesn't make any you know, sense. Well, the reason the is, is, is because he just doesn't want to, you know, this is a, well, puppy mills exist because people, I think, are either lazy or 
overambitious. Those are the two reasons. Lazy, they just basically keep the fucking dogs together and they fucking, they just shit fucking puppies out. You know what I mean? Like they just, uh, they don't separate the dogs. They don't buy enough cages or whatever it is they need to do to separate the dogs to make sure that they're, you know, they're, they're not shitting out the dogs. But then the, you know, the other one is where they're just overambitious. They think they're going to sell enough dogs and they, the, the dogs start shitting out dogs. And then eventually they're just like, you know, they're in the yeah. penny saver. Hey, yeah. Right. Yeah, free puppy. You know what I mean? Dogs. Yeah. It's it, it, like it, it's like it's like the litmus test for whether or not you're like a decent human being. Like you look at like a little tiny helpless puppy or animal or whatever. And it's like, oh, I think I could ignore that until it died. A star. I think I could do that. Oh, yeah. That's I, a whew. like you just have to have something broken. Like just like, yeah, oh, I'm you, broken inside. Yeah. Also, well, let me be your moral compass. I wonder, though, if they're if they if they have, you know, I wonder if they if they think that dogs are just. They're not human, so they don't care. Maybe, uh, maybe they just think of it as a lesser kind. Because I do think a dog of a dog as a lesser creature. But I think, you know, like I think we've talked about this before when it comes to like meat animals and then like dogs. I think there's a hierarchy of animals. Like I have a higher, I personally have a hierarchy of animals that I'd like to see not suffer. And then there's animals I don't give a fuck if they suffer. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, there's there's some animals I don't care at all. And then there's there's you know there's the companion animals and some of the you know intelligent sort of sea mammals and things that I don't want to see suffer. I'm like I don't want to see that thing suffer. Um, but then there's other animals. I'm just like yeah, shoot it and I'll eat it. Well, you know, like 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 dogs and cats specifically. Tens of thousands of years, they have been bred to sure, live with people like yeah like we have bred them to look a way that we are programmed to like the way that they look right right i mean like you see them and like there's a reason people universally react to them you know it's not just it's not by accident it's it's by virtue of you know that they they evolved sort of with us as a separate species away from the wolf like it's it's and you just look at that and you're like hey, i think i could neglect that yeah <laughs> I could really go for some neglect. You know what? One of the things that I, you know, you got to applaud. I'm going to read directly from the article. It says the owner of the dogs is a pastor and was selling the dogs out of his church in Louisiana. Authorities were alerted to the dogs when a person who was going to buy one of the dogs saw how bad the conditions were. And I, I if you sell them out of the church, then the chances are that this was a churchgoer who turned him in. Right. And, you know, you wonder, why don't they do that when they're raping the kids? <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> they care about the puppies. Right, right. But they certainly don't care enough to turn the people in, well, not all the time, when they're raping the kids. Who's that guy on the other side of the glory hole? It's Jesus. So this story is from East Central Missouri PostReview.com. ECM PostReview.com. Former Asante County pastor sentenced for criminal sexual conduct. Um, this story is is basically your standard Pastor Ryan diddled around some kids story. But what particularly struck me about this one, Cecil, is he tried to convince them that his fiddling about was blessings. I'm blessing them. I just they've been blessed. You you have you I I, I don't know about you, but this is that's how I convince Sarah. <laughs> I'm just like, look, these are blessings. Okay, yeah. I'm just telling you right now. Don't worry, the blessings won't last long. The they never have in the past. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want you to get too, you know, they're not very big blessings. It's pretty small. Don't, it's, you don't want a big blessing. No, no. Don't get spoiled. No, you don't, you don't want to get, look, you know, those big blessings, they'll just hurt you. Yeah. Well, you know? You got you to gotta get a lot of holy water to get ready yeah. for that, you know? It's not, <laughs> you're not, not quite, we're not quite there yet. Um, uh, you know. 
you know, he says he admitted that the sexual conduct um, was for his own sexual pleasure, is what it says in the article. And it's like, well, no fucking shit. What did you think it would be for? Blessings? <laughs> he it's not, did he? I think he did. It's like the whole this this whole article is just so strange. And he he gets off. Hey, oh, he gets off with only serving 160 days in jail and just goes to the county jail, just like regular old county jail. Wow. So he, blessings don't earn you a huge sentence, Cecil. No, they don't. It turns out, you know, did they tell you that? I read this article pretty closely. I didn't see how old these people were. Yeah, I, I actually, it was not very clear. I, I read that article and I was looking for I the same information. I kept on looking to see, like, how old these people were. They kept calling them young men. Yeah. And I don't know what that means. Well, uh, I can't think it would be criminal if they were adults. They've got, it's got to be that they're, you know, under 18. Right. Um, but, you know, he's suppressing some feelings when he's, uh, you know, he's, when he's there. And, and I think that, you know, like this is, this is a perfect example of, you know, sometimes you reach the breaking point. This guy can't hold back these feelings anymore. He starts singing a journey song and then he's, you know, pretty soon he's giving <laughs> kids blessings. Song. You know it's what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> like the church is like some kind of pedophilic glee episode. Like he's just. <laughs> can't stop this feeling anymore. Yeah, I. I, you know, this this is just, you're right, though. It's, it's so standard. It is so, st- I mean, even the beard on this guy is standard. It, <laughs> he looks like every other one of these guys. Right. You see this guy and like, you're like, yeah, you're either a diddling pastor or you drive an ice cream truck. One or the other. Yeah. Like, those are your <laughs> two career B, options. Bro. <laughs> so I'm fine. You know, and maybe you're doing both. Yeah. I'm not here to judge. No, no. Maybe you he's know. giving blessings out the back of an ice cream truck. Blessings. I got blessings. Blessings <laughs> and ice cream. Who <laughs> wants yeah, that you know, and you you look at this stuff, and uh, what he's doing is he's he's taking advantage in every in every time, he's taking advantage of uh, a a vulnerable group of people, right? He's using a position of authority yeah. and taking advantage of sure. a vulnerable group of people, and you know that's that's the definition of a predator. It is is absolutely the definition of a predator, and and what bothers me about this article is all throughout the article, people that are commenting on it, you know, are basically saying like, oh, well, you know, he, we should give him some, we hope he finds forgiveness and, you know, he should repent for what he's done and he gets 160 days in jail. I know. That's it. And it's, it's, it's a slap on the fucking wrist. Like the guy is an obvious predator. It's, this isn't an accident. He didn't, he didn't have like a slip up of, mis, you know, it was a, this wasn't misconduct. This was... A thought out. This was a this was an obviously predatory action, you know. And the guy gets fucking four months in county jail. Are you kidding me? And Who I are you think- get arrested by Gomer Pyle. Yeah. <laughs> See the scenes arrest. See the scenes arrest. You touched his genitals. You done blessed him. You gave him some blessings. You did. <laughs> it's like Barney Fife is loading his one bullet into his gun. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, there's there's a double whammy here, just like with every instance of this. Not only is this guy abusing the trust of the relationship he has with those people, but he's also a moral authority and is also probably anti-gay. Oh, and I think certain. that those yeah. are the problem. You know, this is it. This is it. It's you know, there's there's a lot of reasons we talk about this, but I think those that's the crux of the issue is that those are the two things. And those are the two things that are really, really abhorrent. Yeah, I mean, anytime you take advantage of, like, the people that have put their fucking faith in you. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's just, it's, that's what God's supposed to do, right? I mean, not the pastor. 
So we're going to take a quick break, give you some information on how to contact us and such. And we'll be back to finish out the show after this. Want to contact Cognitive Dissonance? Visit them on Facebook. You can find the link at the website dissonancepod.com or type it in the Facebook search bar. Be sure to follow the guys on Twitter. Their handle is at dissonance underscore pod. The guys also post to Google Plus now too, so check them out there. And if you'd like to email them, you can do so at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment on the blog at their webpage or give them a call at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Long distance rates apply. And to everyone who listens, shares, retweets, or rates the show, Cognitive Dissonance would like to cordially thank you for all of your fucking support. So this story is from MSN.com. Sarah Palin offers take on serious situation. And what a nuanced take Golem belches out here. <clears throat> Quote, let Alice sort him out. Allah uh, sorts him out. <laughs> What's Allah? <laughs> and Tom is referring to the picture here because she's leaning over and she's got this giant grin and her face is all scrunched up and her skin looks like a leather handbag. So that's why and she looks like fucking Golem. She she really like I mean the only response would have been awesome if somebody was like boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. <laughs> boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Um, you know, like her her comment about the the fucking civil war in Syria um, is suggests that Obama's administration stopped supplying weapons to Syrian rebels in their fight against the Syrian president Bashar al-Assad's regime and quote let Allah sort them out. Um, and that's that's obviously you know it's like kill them all, let God sort it out. That's the yeah. you know what she's referring to. Um, this was almost the vice president of the United States, people. <laughs> You know, I, I think we're being a little hard on her. I actually agree with her. You know, the thing is, Allah has such a huge collection of bodies. He kind of needs to hire an intern or some, somebody to sort them out. <laughs> I mean, just to sort through all of the dead bodies that fall at the feet of Allah, he needs somebody to sort them out. Line so up I think, the little ones I, to the left. Yeah, the I think she's the- right. No, he's got like a little, you know, he's got a little system there. It's like, you know, when you're sorting your Legos, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's He's got a different bin for each different size body, you know. It's just body parts. It's exactly (laughs) like the Lego guys because they blow themselves up. (laughs) So you're just like, I got fucking, are these your legs? No, I can't seem to get this. You would think being all powerful, I'd I'd know this stuff. Um, You know, later on, um, she Palin to question supporting, quote, radical Islamic countries who are, quote, slaughtering each other as they scream over an arbitrary red line, Al-Akbar. Again, this was almost the vice president yeah. of the United States. Like, And, you, you know, one of the things that she, I mean, you know, first off, you know, Every everybody in America should be collectively breathing a sigh of relief that she is not the vice president of the United States. But I think I think what what you know, she completely misses the point like she does on everything else, because all she is is just a screeching, you know, banshee who just yells the party line. She's saying they're yelling, you know, the red line or whatever. Like All she does is scream the party line. But really what she's saying is, you know. I don't care about their conflict. Well, when a government turns their guns on their people, you know, 
isn't that sort of what America's supposed to stand up for? Isn't that where we're supposed to be to be like, hey, you know what? This government is oppressing its people. We've got to be there to help protect them. You know, it's the idealism of America, but we know it's not the truth because in certain places in the world, we don't give a fuck. And we've 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 demonstrated that aptly across the entirety of the African continent. But, you know, you're I think you're I think you're absolutely right. I think. You know, you, you look at something like this, and it's it, the, the people are protesting. You know, the Syrian the Syrian civil war started with peaceful protests in the streets right. that were met with violent uh, resistance by uh, Assad's government. You know, they were like fucking machine gunning unarmed protesters to death in the street. Now it's turned into you know this civil war, and the conflict has obviously gotten dramatically much more complicated. And you've got the influx of, of the Hezbollah militia people coming in, and I mean, it's, shit has gotten fucking real over there. The solution is not to turn your back. No, like that's not like this is not good fucking foreign policy to just be like, oh, you know, they worship a different god, so fuck them. What do I care? You know, if if we really are a country that says, you know, that we value democratic principles. What more democratic principle can there be than a peaceful protest? And when a peaceful protest is met with violence from a tyrannical government and and then, you know, the Arab Spring, of course, you know, it's like we, we watched it happen in Tunisia and Egypt and, you know, successfully, successfully it happened. You know, these and, and since then, it's gotten, of course, more complicated because, you know, establishing governments is incredibly complicated. But. You, you can't just turn your back on a country like Syria and say, well, fuck them. Let Allah sort it out. I mean, she's basically saying like, eh, it's not my God. It's not my right. problem. Right. No, she's totally, you know, I'm reminded of what, uh, you know, it's it's in the similar vein to what like Ann Coulter said after 9-11, which is like, let's go assassinate all the leaders and convert them to Christianity. Ugh. Like, because that's the only way we'd care. Right. Is if we controlled yeah. what they thought. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. This story is from the New York Times. Islamists press blasphemy cases in a new Egypt. We were just talking about uh, Egypt a moment ago from our article about Syria. And, you know, the situation over there has gotten pretty fucking complicated. Um, And uh, ever since the... Uh, overthrow of the uh, previous leadership. The Islamists have gained a tremendous amount of power, much more than they had before. The Muslim Brotherhood uh, has taken over. And uh, evidently now doing anything to offend religion. And my favorite quote from this article um, is, contempt of religion, any religion, is a crime, not a form of expression. A lawyer from the Muslim Brotherhood has been said. Um, So you do anything, like you fucking... Insult somebody five years in prison. Yeah, five years in prison. And then it's not just that. It's like, you know, this guy said promoting atheism, you can get five years in prison. A Christian lawyer was sentenced to one year for insulting Islam in a private conversation. In a private conversation. conversation I know. I can't believe that. But blasphemy laws are just bullshit. That's just thought police garbage. That's that's not useful. That's there's nobody benefits from a blasphemy law because, you know, really if you're if you're your ideas should be able to hold their own 
you know, against other ideas. And if they can't, well, then they just get destroyed. And, you know, nobody benefits from silencing other people on, on, uh, and silencing ideas. You know, look, I want people to be able to bring their ideas about God into the open sphere. I don't think that that's a problem. Bring it out into the open. And if I challenge you on it, you know, your faith should be strong enough to say, Hey, you know what? I, I just disagree. Okay, cool. Well, and we can go on our separate ways and everything's fine. Um, but I think that the idea that you're just going to be like, well, you're not allowed to say, yeah, you you're not allowed to say your idea is bullshit. Well, you know, what what are we? What are you? What are you mandating then? I mean, and where does it stop? Well, and and you know, extrapolate that same argument to something that's not religious, but something which is a deeply held belief, right? So let's say somebody came up to me and said, "You don't love your wife." I wouldn't even care. I'd be like, hmm, the evidence does not bear that out. Like, I love yeah. my wife. Right. It, you're saying you don't love your wife doesn't change my love for my wife. It, it has no impact whatsoever. So somebody coming up to a religious person being like, your God's not real. What? What are you talking about? It's not it, like it's such a fucking crazily irrelevant thing to say. What what I think this these blasphemy laws do is they expose the insecurities of the power structure, of the religious power structure of the countries that impose these blasphemy laws, right? They are insecure about their hold of power. And that insecurity means that they have to quell all resistance immediately, fucking immediately. You know, um, in, in this article, somebody gets a Muslim preacher gets 11 years for tearing up a Bible because, and, and I thought about that and I thought that can only happen when you're so afraid that you have to just go to the fucking extremes. Like, we have to protect all holy books. We have to protect them because they can't protect themselves because these are bad ideas. And deep down, we fucking know they're bad ideas. And they can't stand up to themselves. Could you imagine what somebody, if you get 11 years for a Bible? Right. Imagine what happens with the Koran. You just get killed. You you probably get mobbed, man. Yeah. You probably just get fucking mobbed. You'd be like, I tore up a Koran. Well, we're going to fucking mob you. That's a book, man. That's a fucking book. Yep. You know, they're, you're not getting, you go into the middle of Tam and tear up fucking the God delusion. People will just be like, hey, I was going to read that. You or know? they'll just be like, cool, you tore a book up. Yep. Good for you. It's, that was foolish. That was anti-intellectual. Right. That's a waste of 1495. Bravo. Just, Here's my Kindle. Do you want to tear that in half I, I know. It's like, <laughs> and, and you know, you've said it before, like, it's not the only copy. No, it's yeah, that's, it's yeah, it's like it's not like it's not like you're tearing up the Constitution. Yeah, like I've you know, got in a, in the Smithsonian yeah. or wherever it's held. You know, you break the glass. But it, it's like, well, I, you tore it up. Oh, now I don't know those ideas. Yeah, I just forgot Fuck. them. Man, I don't, I don't know them anymore. If I didn't have that reference material, then I would have no way yeah, to know the information. Lost. Fuck. Yeah. That sucks. Even as I, it's like, it's like breaking a, an hourglass. The sand is just spilling away. Like, I don't even remember the Ten Commandments after I wrapped the Bible up. You know, if you break an hourglass, time stops. It does. Time yes. just doesn't, <laughs> it just doesn't even work anymore. <laughs> like, is there, there's no such thing as before or after if right. an hourglass breaks. If I learned breaks. anything from Prince of Persia, the video game. <laughs> hey, Owen, well met, Cecil and Tom. It's Andrew, Sir Andrew, or as you heard my email, uh, Andrewid. Uh, I have something to posit to you guys. I do not understand your absolute hatred of eggnog. Um, so I've decided since I homebrew as well, I'm gonna, I'm a mixologist. I'm going to come up with a new drink for you guys and we're gonna call it a Santorum. 
That's right. It's going to be a Santorum or Jankum juice, if you prefer. Uh, and it will be, instead of eggnog, we drag grog from the Glory Hole Brewery. Uh, so this chocolatey eggnog uh, is guaranteed, especially like, like Jankum is supposed to do. Uh, you get two hurls in one cup. <laughs> Here's your little song. Hori gory hole poo, yeah. Hori gory hole doo doo, yeah. Hori gory hole to brew, yeah. Be sure to drain your schlong. Have a nice day, guys. Hey, Cecil and Tom, I was just about to listen to your 102nd episode uh, when I called just a moment ago and I left the song, and the first thing I heard was somebody doing the tune to the song that I had just recorded because uh, I hadn't got to episode 102 yet. Damn it. However, here is one small offering uh, brainstormed by my dear lady, Jen, and uh, <laughs> this is for you guys. Mine eyes have seen the glory in the coming of the whole. My tongue has licked the vintage from a multitude of pole. I have sapped the salty essence and never even charged a toll from the other side. Have a nice day, guys. This story comes from RT.com. Saudi women activists get jail time for helping starving mother locked in home. The Saudi court sentenced two women to 10 months in prison, along with a two-year travel ban after they tried to help a Canadian woman who, with her three children, was denied adequate food and water and was subjected to violence by her Saudi husband. Fuck you, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, no kidding. I, first off, I want to know how they caught them because they're obviously ninjas. <laughs> I mean, I look at them... And I'm like, you know, they probably just, they, couldn't they just poison dart the guard and just get out of there? No problem. Shurikens flying everywhere. Yeah, I mean, gosh, they've got to wear those little toe shoes, and they probably have a grappling hook on them. <laughs> the police sketch artist, like, yeah. show us what they looked like. <laughs> they all look the same. <laughs> they look like ninjas. The fuck, they're all ninjas. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to, you know, I want to say to anybody who thinks, you know, oh, well, you know, Muslim culture, they get to decide, you know, how they treat their women, women and, you know, this is maybe a benefit or not, and it's not up to us to say bullshit. Yep. I'm calling bullshit on you, especially when I'm going to read to the, at the end of the article here. It says there's no codified penal law in Saudi Arabia, and we've talked about this many times. It is a legal system based on Islamic law derived from the Quran and traditions of the Prophet Muhammad. That means that judges and prosecutors have a wide latitude to arbitrarily define certain acts as criminal. Saudi Arabia has a guardsmanship system, a strict gender segregation rules that limit women's abilities to make decisions and participate in public life. Under this system, girls and women are forbidden from traveling, conducting official business, or undergoing certain medical procedures without permission from their male Guardians, Tell me that's beneficial for society in a single fucking way. I yeah. dare you. How the fuck is that possibly beneficial that you basically get married and you have a slave? A slave that has to obey you 100%. Yeah, maybe it's beneficial to the dudes, but it's not beneficial to that society as a whole. That is an outrage that something like that even exists today. Yeah, when you you know look at the charges, the charges were inciting a woman to flee with her children and attempting to turn a woman against her husband. This, those aren't even they're not even laws. Yeah, that's like not even a thing. Like it, the charges are shame, shame. That's yeah. the charges. The charges are you you should have just fucking starved to death. You know this guy. 
this guy, basically the husband, locks the family in the house and left for a week without providing food and water. And what she, what, these, these activists, these fucking radicals who came to save him, brought him food and water. Because a lot of people are using that these days. To stay yeah. alive. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wonder if they get $31 a week, maybe. Yeah, to, right. To there you go. The- <laughs> Here's your 425 Oh, thank yeah. you so much. Now I yeah. can have my Came fucking buy beans. buy a bottle of water for that. No, the, you know, you're totally right. I mean, like, like look, this, this guy basically said, you know, fend for yourself. I'm out. I lock you in a house. I mean, what, you know, what is she, is she a dog? I She's know. worse than I a know. dog because you wouldn't even do that to a dog. It, it it that's that's what was my first thought. It's like it's like leaving your dog in the crate and going away for a week, and then like you come back and somebody's like, "Yeah, I let your dog out," and you'd be like, "Fuck you, go to prison!" Like what? Yeah, what I let your fucking dog out. You were a negligent, even if you own somebody. Yeah, like, even if you fucking own somebody, which is fucking horrifying to say out loud. You own somebody, you still have to fucking feed and water them. I have yeah. a garden I feed in water. A garden. It's not a person. It's a tomato plant. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, I, I think that that actually is worth more than a Saudi Arabian woman. Ugh. I mean, and, I, and I'm not even kidding. I, I don't, I, I'm not even I fucking kidding. Like, that's the thing is, like, that's a that's a product that, you know, has worth, has value, and they just don't have any value. And that... You know, that bullshit, we talk about it every week, but that bullshit like, oh, well, they, you know, it's their culture. That's a fucking farce of a culture then. Yeah. You know, you would you would step in if they, you know, and, you know, maybe they wouldn't even step in if they were murdering babies. I was going to say you'd step in if they were murdering babies. But no, I mean, if in this case, there's a chance those people could have died and nobody cares, you know, in that culture. Yeah. And, and because if you try to rescue them, you get charged with, you know, basically – what is this again? Attempting to turn a woman against her husband? You're attempting to turn her toward a foods. You know that's like a, that's like a crime of like attempting to cover your face while I'm punching it. Right? You know? like, like that's not a crime. Yeah. That's just like a natural reaction. It's like a regular reaction of a human being. Uh, what, what were her fucking options? You know, yeah. you, you read that and it's like, what are your fucking options? She kill calls yourself, out for help. Honor, kill yourself. Right, honor, kill yourself. Well, kids, you know, dad left, so, and he didn't bring us any food or water, so I guess we just have to fucking die. Yay, what a great <laughs> country! <laughs> hey, Cecil and Tom, this is Amanda from Lynchburg, Virginia. I was just listening to your last episode, and I was so excited. I had to stop in the middle of it to call you because I have to tell you, what Liberty University is like because I live here and my dad is a professor there. It is a concrete jungle. It is nothing but parking lots and buildings and they are always building something new. Like every year it's insane. Every year they're building like a brand new stadium. We have a we have a fake uh ski hill where you can ski year round where they it's free. You can just go to it. They build like new wings and new dorms and it's just it's crazy all the time. Literally you drive down the road and it's oh Liberty's building another building. And also we're up in the mountains. We have these beautiful mountains around us. Liberty went up they bought the property at the top of the highest mountain and they kinda like just leveled it off until it was flat and they keep it constantly I don't know if it's like rocks or flowers, but they keep it constantly in the design of the Liberty, their uh, 
like their logo or their mascot or whatever. It's a great big LU on the top of the mountain. And I can't even tell you, like, how many thousands of feet this thing must be because you can see it literally anywhere in town. And they they own half the town. Like, literally, there's, like, businesses are going out of business all the time because Liberty is buying them because they want the space. And the space really just sits there empty. But recently, they actually bought half of our shopping mall to turn it into a new coliseum. They bought out Sears and, like, four other of those, like, rinky-dink stores that just kind of exist in malls. It is in they, are, they have two Chick-fil-A's, not surprisingly. They are, like, right up next to Walmart. They actually got the city – they use city taxpayer money to build a bridge from the Liberty Main parking lot into the Walmart parking lot because they're on opposite sides of the highway. So, and they sell all their merchandise from the Walmart. It's it's okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going on for a long time. I just – oh, it's, it's, it's insane. And – if you ever want to come early see Liberty, you can totally stay with me. It would be awesome. So, Cecil, this story comes from the SeattleTimes.com. Fasting woman to end attempt to live on light. Navina Shine. I love the name. <laughs> the East Side woman testing whether she could live just on sunshine is calling it quits on Wednesday after losing 20% of her body weight. Um, 65-year-old Eastside woman got worldwide publicity for trying to live on light with no food. She's calling it quits uh, to what she was saying was her grand experiment. Six million people underwent the same experiment. (laughs) None of them lived on light. No. No, they didn't. No, it turns out. ridiculous. You know, the thing that bothers me about this is not that she lived on light or that she, you know, tried to live on light and that she stopped or whatever. I don't care. Do what you want. You're a 65-year-old woman. You're a – if there is a grown-ass woman, you are it. You know what I mean? You have lived 65 years. I don't know how if you're trying to live on light, but you somehow fumble-fucked your way 65 (laughs) years through your life. I give a fuck what happens to you. I honestly could not care less what happens to this person. If you're an adult and you think, you know what, I can live on light, I'm going to try it, great. But what she says is, she says that uh, she's quitting in part because of the public reaction. I was just asking a question, but there was so much negative response, that means that the question can't even be asked. Well, sometimes there's just really stupid questions. I know. You're not asking yourself, (laughs) can I survive eating my own shit? Can I human centipede myself? You know, like, no, you're you're not asking that question. Why not? You know, well, because it's a stupid fucking question, that's why. That's why you're not asking the question. So when somebody says... You're a fucking idiot. You need to fucking at least look at that and be like, am I being an idiot? (laughs) And just, I mean, just fucking consider it for a second. I don't care that this lady lost 25% of her body weight. I don't care if this lady drops dead. I don't care if this lady bursts into flames. Somebody holds a magnifying glass above her and she lights on fire like you would light an ant on fire. It would not bother me. Doesn't bother me at all. But the idea that she's like mad that people are, you know, mocking know. her. You are up you your idea is stupid. It's mockable. Yeah, well and she says she says a few things in here that crack me up. Um she says that one of the reasons she's calling it quits um is because she's run out of money. Was it expensive to not eat food? I know. But, well, like, you how know, did that cost you did more you money? Did you read what she did though? She bought she maxes her credit cards buying security cameras that she installed in her trailer to make sure that she wasn't cheating. 
with her food experiment. Well, you know, I read that, but then I'm like, but that money's already spent, right? It's spent. Like, are you going to sell the cameras back to buy food now? Yeah, I don't know what she's, I don't know what she, you're you're right. Because she's, if she, I mean, maybe rent, maybe she just ran out of rent money. But, but how is eating food now? Like, how is changing, like, how is eating food going to give her more rent money? Like, you already spent all the money. Like, you already already did the food. And now she's got an extra expense of the food. (laughs) Right. Like, some people cut back on food when times are tough. When times get tough, she's like, oh, my God, I'm so broke. I got to go to the grocery store and buy food because then I'll have more money. No. How? What? And Turns then she says, no. she says uh, you know, she wouldn't recommend other people doing this without having their belief systems lined up. What does that even mean? Bitch, you weren't trying to survive on belief. You were trying to survive on sunshine. Yeah. You should get your sunshine lined up. Oh, man. And you can't fucking photosynthesize because you don't have fucking chlorophyll, you non-green plant thing. (laughs) What? How the fuck did she, like, seriously, like, what were you going to fucking believe? If you could just believe in something enough, why would you even need the sunshine? I know. Can't you just believe yourself into living? Right. I just believed into ATP. Like, that's what I did. I believed into fucking adenine triphosphate. Like, that's what I believed. So now I have fucking energy. Like, I just metabolized. I just believed into metabolism. That's how it worked. (laughs) It's so crazy. If you wish really hard for metabolism, it'll just happen. It's And it says like in this thing that four other people have tried to photosynthesize their way into life and died from it. Right. So the experiment's been tried. Like we have a control group. It's called all the people who eat food. It's yeah. a huge control group. Yeah. The experimental group so far has four dead people in it. At what point are you like, I could do that better. I could do that better. What would you do different? This is the Greta Christina argument, right? The marketplace of ideas argument. Throw your idea out into the marketplace of ideas and let's think about it. Let's talk about it. You know, you throw your idea that, oh, well, I'm going to live off sunlight. And if you aren't mocked out of the room, you know, you're in the wrong room. Right. Really, there's I mean, you know, like it's not me being a skeptic. It's just me being a somebody who actually thinks like a thinks a thought. I don't even have to be. I don't have to be a skeptic. I don't have to be, you know, a, a critical thinker. I can just be. Hell, I could be fucking six years old and know that this is a bad fucking idea. Well, and isn't this the role of your friends? I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, seriously. Like, I have. I'm. I'm very fortunate because I have some very good friends in my life. And if I try to do something spectacularly dangerous and stupid, the people in my life will fucking look at me and be like. That is really stupid and dangerous. Why are you doing that thing? And I will listen to them because they've been around me for a long time and I respect their opinion. Does nobody around this woman say, hey, you know, you've gone 65 years eating food. Yeah. Maybe you should keep up that trend. So I got a bit of email. Austin says, uh, "This is this is interesting. This is uh, the the weird shit you ever you, the weirdest shit you prayed for." So uh, Austin says, "I grew up Muslim, and uh, he says I masturbated for the first uh, first time on the night of my 14th birthday. Happy birthday to <laughs> me!" Uh, Afterwards, I was shocked that my body was capable of doing that. However, being 14 years old and quite a late bloomer 
pubescently. I was left. I was left with low self-esteem about the length of my member. Wait, hold on a second. You bloomed. Wait a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> <I'm still> waiting. <laughs> Wait a minute. It says so nightly from the night uh, from that night to about four months thereafter. I would pray to Allah every night that He would be so gracious as to bless me with a sudden growth spurt down south, so that I. And I quote from what I, what I would whisper beneath my sheets before I fall asleep, can one day satisfy a woman? Yeah, I'm still praying for that, it turns out. So. Yeah, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with disappointing. Yeah, I'm just saying. Look, yeah, there's I, really I, nothing wrong with it. I've made a livelihood out of you disappointing know, the, people. The thing is, is if you're a Muslim, you could just marry him and disappoint him, and you could just slap him if they disagree. But they're not allowed to tell you they're disappointed. They can't tell you, yeah. Are you happy? I'm so happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> happy, happy. Austin, thank you for the email. Tom, we got an email from Bart who talks about some interesting, what is it, numbers that got banned? Yeah, in the greater Toronto area, evidently, is there's a um, large East Asian population. And uh, in, in some Asian cultures, the number four is considered bad luck because it's a homonym for death. Um, and so one municipality north of Toronto called Richmond Hill has banned the number four from new house builds. This is just like the fucking crazy assholes yeah. who are like, yep, there's no floor 13. It yeah. goes straight to 12, then 14. You're like, mm. you realize that there's still 13 fucking floors. Yeah. <laughs> like numbers don't just stop working. I love that too. It's like 13. It's like 12A and 12B. And you're like, I'm on fucking 13 right now. Right. This is 12B. Sequences still work. Yeah. You know, the next number, if you take 12... And you add one. That evil it does spirit not is like B. the evil spirit's got its chalk and its chalkboard. It's like, wait a minute now. So you have three, and you added one. Is that a five now? You Carrying wrote five, up. but I don't think it's five. Square root of negative one. God Man, damn it! I'm imaginary. You tricksy humans. <laughs> <laughs> so Logan uh, sent us an email, and uh, and he did a. Uh, a skeptic's creed for us. And um, <laughs> I want to read his PPS here real quick. He says, despite the fact there are a lot of Arcan, Arcan, Arkansians, I don't even know how you'd say that, um, listening, I am your biggest Ar- Arkansian fan. Am I saying that right? Arkansasian. Arkansasian? No, that's not right. It's Arkansas. It's our Kansas. Our Kansas. It's not your Kansas. It's I'm not my Kansian because that just sounds right. better. It also sounds kind of like Raiders of the Lost Arkish. So <laughs> I'm going to use that. Despite the fact that there are lots of Arkansians listening, I'm your biggest Arkansian fan. Literally, I'm six foot five, weigh almost 500 pounds, and have bones twice <laughs> as thick as a normal man. I'm a goddamn behemoth. So yeah, I challenge you to have a bigger fan, mass wise, than me. Come at me, bros. <laughs> the last line. Come at me. No, Logan, I'm not going to come at you. But Logan left us a skeptic's creed that we're going to end the show with today. We actually got a lot of them. I'm going to be mentioning on this show. Um, but for the next several weeks, we're going to have different skeptic's creeds because a bunch of people have left new ones. Which are all awesome, by the way. So we got a coded message from Matt here, Tom. Why don't you read this, uh, the beginning of this email? <laughs> Very clever. Greetings, Tom and Cecil. Love your work. Only been listening for three weeks, but I'm halfway through your back catalog. Really sorry it's taking me so long, but I promise I'll apply myself for the second half. You guys make it easier to get through my workday of being stuck in a metal box painting machinery. 
Having listened to so many stories back-to-back, I've generated a large list of varying comments. Once my plan to steal the time machine that I ran built is complete, I will get them to you, and you will have already (laughs) received them soon, which I love that. Lastly, with all the political horseshit that you've brought to my attention, it's actually made me consider getting into politics. And for that, I hate you. Ending on that positive note, here's what I have to contribute. And uh, very cleverly, the uh, first line from each of those sentences spells out glory hole. And I particularly <laughs> like that you uh, bolded them for us yeah, because no, I would if not he didn't have bold them. I would have missed it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he sent us a couple articles. We checked these out. One of them's from The Onion. Thank you for sending them in, Matt. Um, and uh, and we really liked your email. Thank you. Thank you. I like this email. This one is a stupid thing that uh, that Don prayed for. He says, hey, guys, in Podcast 101, you mentioned things you prayed for. I reminded uh, of the time when I was about 15, and I prayed to be the best at a particular game at an arcade called Tekken. I used to play Tekken all the time, although I played it on the first Sony, the Sony PS... Whatever it was, what is it? Sony PlayStation, the very first one, the PS One, whatever yeah, it was. Right. I played Tekken on that, but yeah, I remember Tekken. And and Tom, you thought that there was another part of this that was pretty funny. Yeah, he said. Uh, I, I said if I got to be the best, I would go to church every Sunday. So after I got a PS Two and said game and spent countless hours getting better, I was the best at the arcade. But I never saw it that way. I thought God answered my prayer, and I never went to church. Anyway, glory hole. I love that you spend all the time doing the work to get good right. at the thing, and then you're like, ah, eh, God did that. Eh, God did it. That was God. Thanks, was God. God. Yeah. yeah. I love that God has nothing else to do right. but, like, to make you good at Tekken. I but know. But in order to make you good at Tekken, you still have to put in all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so we got an email here. Uh, it's from Guy, and Guy is talking about some caves in Georgia. He says uh, he's been exploring caves for 40 years. Thought you might find this bit of information interesting. There's a cave here in South Georgia actually named Glory Hole. Um, and as if that wasn't enough, there's another another cave close to Glory Hole called Climax, which is near the town of Climax, Georgia. But wait, that's not all. Also in the same general area of Georgia, there's a small town named Hopeful. Imagine all of that. Glory Hole, Climax, and Hopeful right here in South Georgia, surrounded by churches on almost every corner. <laughs> I love that. Awesome. Thank you, Guy. That's that great. That is great. Uh, I did not Google Glory Hole, Georgia. No, I... I, I just I, so you know, I didn't Google that, because I normally my safe search is off, and I just don't want to... <laughs> I had to open an incognito window, right? you know? Well, right now we're going to pass it to our Middle East correspondent. Hey guys, here's another update from the Middle East. And in other local news, Saudi police arrested an Indonesian housemaid on charges of practicing magic on her employers and seducing their nine-year-old son to have sex with her. The Saudi employer in the western town of Mecca reported the maid to the police saying she had been involved in sorcery to control all his family members. The maid later confessed to practicing witchcraft and forcing her employer's son to have sex with her at the house, according to Arabic Language Daily, which gave no further details. Thanks, and keep tuned. Thank you, Stu, for uh, for your diligence in the Middle East. That's awesome. You're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Feel bad we if got that an comes email true. from Matt, and Matt uh, sent us an image for uh, it's a glory hole image with uh, <laughs> with 
<laughs> with uh, Jesus, and I'm going to put it on uh, on this episode of uh, Cognitive Dissonance. So if you go to our website, it will be uh, listed as uh, one of the episode on the episode. It'll be one of the images. It's such a sad Jesus, too. Yeah, he is such a sad Jesus. Man. Well, he's standing by the glory hole waiting for something. He so. is unsatisfied. Um, Tom, we got an email from Mark. I, I, why don't you go ahead and read it? Okay, first of all, I am a Canadian, so when I speak of abstinence education, it's the holistic approach that teaches all aspects of human sexuality. Okay, glory holes don't make it in. From the perspective of an absolute risk of STDs in pregnancy, not having sex is 100% effective. I'm not defending or encouraging abstinence-only education or any restrictions on teaching anything else, but I think to belittle something that's 100% effective because, unfortunately, it's used by crazy right-wingers to push Christianity into the classroom is not right. All the best, Mark. Yeah, I think the problem is is that is that you, you you are Canadian, so you don't understand what they're doing. They are not teaching sex education. No. They are teaching abstinence only. So when they come into a room and they say, you know, they, they basically give you misinformation. So, you know, you could come into a room and teach people about dieting and be like, the best way not to gain any weight is to not eat any food. You know when you walk out of that room that that's not a valid thing that somebody can follow. You can't just not eat food. We talked about that earlier with the person who's trying to survive on fucking sunlight. <laughs> you can't just not eat a food. So when you when you go into a classroom and you say these things and you just you basically are you're not giving them any alternatives. You're not say, you're not teaching a holistic approach. You're saying when you have sex with a bunch of people, it's like spitting in a cup and drinking it. That's not explaining sexuality. That's not explaining why you're attracted or, you know, what's going on in your body or, you know, what the release mechanisms are for that. You're not explaining any of those things. What you're doing is you're saying it's bad. Don't do it, period. Now, yeah, 100 percent effective. You're absolutely right. Do I think that's a that's a that that is a goal that most people can achieve? No, I don't think it is. I think in a, in our culture and in Western culture specifically, and now I know that it might be different in other cultures, but in our culture, I don't think that's a, that's not a milestone. I think that kids can, you know, that's not something kids can shoot for. I think that, you know, they're going to be a, a, alone around the opposite sex. They're going to get curious. Their hormones are going to get the better of them and they're going to have sex. Now, if you give them opportunities or ways in which to alleviate themselves without actual penetration or by giving them some sort of protection, whether that be birth control or condoms or something, I think you can reduce teen pregnancy. I think you can reduce the stigma of sex and I think you could you know, have a more healthy society. Do I think abstinence-only education is a good idea? Absolutely. Not. I do not think that's a good idea at all. Well, and, and you know the problem is that they don't teach. They, they teach only abstinence. It's it's abstinence only. They're not teaching. You know, it'd be like teaching drivers ed and saying the best way to you know avoid car accidents is to not get in cars. Well, okay. Thanks for the fucking useless information. That doesn't help me navigate my life. Yeah. Sex education should help you navigate your life. If you teach people that only abstinence is the viable option then you're not giving them an education. And it's been proven to be ineffective here in the States. It is, I mean, you don't, you don't have to, this is not, you don't have to guess. We don't have to debate about it. Abstinence-only states have higher teen pregnancy rates, higher STD rates. It is ineffective. Yeah. So when, when they, if they were to teach it in the way that you say, and, you know, that may, you know, I, I don't know how that would work if they were to teach it in a holistic way and say, look, you know, 
100% effective, you know, you could do this and somebody chose to do that and, and it wound up being 100% effective for him. Sure. I, I don't think I could begrudge that person, but, you know, there's there's a lot going into this. You know, there's a stigma of sex. There's the Christianity thing. And they're not teaching that holistic approach that you seem that you think that they're going to teach. They're not going to teach that. No, uh, we got an email from uh, Kosh and Kosh sent us uh, he wound up sending us um a glory hole song. It's basically Tom's Skeptics Creed that's been put into sort of like a, a electronica beat. We're gonna play it next week. So next week is Kosh's. Um we you know, we don't want to play all of them at the same time. I want to sort of space them out. So we want to thank Kosh uh, for sending in his Skeptics Creed. I like all these people making it better. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's pretty easy. It's awesome. I know. I mean, right? actually, it's, it's pretty it's, easy. It's not, you don't have to improve much to get past the yeah, original. Right, right. So Anne sent us an email, and uh, Anne didn't realize that uh, that education was inherently religious. And you know, in in that re- that uh, that revisionary movie that we watched, you know, you could tell that they were trying to make, you know, they were trying to insert religion and insert, you know, uh, conservative culture. Uh, neocon culture into into uh, into textbooks, but there's a part of this email that we wanted to read, and it's at the very end here. <laughs> yeah, I love it. She says, "Thanks for your time. I need to go walk my dinosaur, take a morning after pill just for spite, and attend a gay wedding. Glory hole. <laughs> I, love I love it. it. I, love I love it. That's great. Just for spite. Yeah. You know? just, I'm just yeah. gonna have one. You know, yeah. I'm just gonna have one too. Tom Rich sent us an email, and you thought this one was pretty good. One of my cousins has a habit of asking everyone to pray for people and ending with a smug, no need for names, God will know. Every time I read this, I want to respond, so let me get this straight. Your all-powerful deity knows that your sister-in-law's cousin's friend's eight-year-old daughter is heroically (laughs) battling leukemia, but he's holding her health hostage until enough of your Facebook friends, people who don't even know her name, beg him to cure her. Then your God is an asshole. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's great, great, Rich. Yeah, that's well great, done. Rich. Awesome. Yeah. That's not something you can post, but it is something you can invent. <laughs> we got an email from Cameron with a sign that's written in Klingon. Um, <laughs> I think he's somewhere. He took the Starship Enterprise somewhere in his shirt, and he landed on an alien planet um, in, what is that, Deutsche Land? I don't yeah. even know what that is. <laughs> evidently, wherever it is, evidently, it's like, it, it's crazy grainy pixelization land is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It's very green and very pixelated. <laughs> no, well, that's but, awesome. Uh, yeah, Cameron sent us a uh, uh, an, a nice image of himself in a t-shirt and uh, and underneath a sign in Deutschland. So we're going to post this as well to this episode of Cognitive Dissonance. And see, so when you saw him standing hip deep in that brush, was your first thought, I wonder if they have ticks in Germany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> they have Lyme disease over there. Right. Tom, Wally Weak Sauce makes us laugh a lot. He sent us another email that made us laugh. He did. It says, uh, after hearing your recent piece on Tom's acts agreed upon causes of homosexuality, I thought I'd put the self-will part to the test. I went to the mall with my kids last night and took with me a steely resolve and an unyielding self-will to be homosexual. Self-will to be homosexual. I I openly gawked at every male's bottom and tried to imagine their packages as I walked (laughs) through the halls. Also, when I found my eyes drawn to women's bottoms, I tried to imagine awful images like grandma underpants and parasitic worms. Parasitic worms. (laughs) So I would get past Eddie past connections to pleasurable associ- associations. 
It was a strange experience, especially when my wife took me to the Yankee Candle Store and I saw a lot of women's bottoms that didn't really require my techniques <laughs> to disassociate women's bottoms with pleasure because there were some strange-looking ladies in there. I bet there was. All I can say is this morning I woke up largely straight. So I guess the, <laughs> the take-home Tom's Act message is that those gays really have to put their minds to it and stick with their commitment. You have to admire that, at least. That was awesome. That is That's so great. funny. Well done, Wally. That's great. Keep on keeping on, Wally. Yeah. <laughs> Eric sent us a uh, very, very sort of metal-y version. Super metal. It's awesome. Of the Skeptic's Creed. I love it. So that is another week in advance of the Skeptic's Creed. So we'll mention it later on when we get to... Uh, uh, in a couple weeks when we mention it again. But, Eric, thank you for sending Thanks, it in. Thanks, man. It's awesome. Cameron sent in uh, a message, and he said, uh, Glory Hole, once again, sometimes there's a win. And he sent in a, a, a uh, an article where uh, I guess there was a mass grave. And then we t- I think we talked about this a while back. There was a mass grave report. Right. There was a psychic who said, hey, there's 30 dismembered bodies, including children in a mass grave. And bunch of people went over there like to check it out and nothing yeah they had like fucking police dogs yeah. they were digging shit up they're supposed to be uh, you know these dismembered children and all kinds of shit and they fucking trashed these people's property they just trashed it and the psychic is being sued and good fuck you psychic you time and energy resource wasting liar yeah seven million man fucking take that shit that's head. great i love it Wait, I, he also sent a picture of the flight of the Concords. Oh, this is it's so like a funny. Little, little thing where um, they're talking back and forth, and uh, one of the guys says to the other, he says, "Nah, my my father is a women's rights activist," and the other guy goes, "No, not your mom." And he's like, "No, no, mom, no, dad wouldn't allow that. No way." <laughs> That's great, I love that. <laughs> I love that he has a shirt on with giraffes on it too. He's got like <laughs> a big shirt with giraffes. Flight of the Concords is hilarious. That's so funny. Thank you, Cameron, for Very sending cool. that in. And uh, our final uh, in a couple weeks, uh, actually, this is now four weeks in advance. Brian sends in a uh, version of the Skeptics Creed as well. It's like a quasi commercial. So we're going to play this uh, in four weeks when we play it. But, Brian, we want to thank you uh, for sending in uh, the Skeptics Creed as well. So uh, this week. Uh, on Facebook, I think I happen to be friends with uh, this gentleman by the name of Matt. Um, there was a Kickstarter that came across, and uh, and I, it was like a Kickstarter-like thing. I don't know if it is exactly Kickstarter, but it's uh, it's for a film called Shadows in the Grass, and uh, and I clicked on it and I watched the original movie, the first movie um, that's called Blind Spot that this person produced, and. Uh, I got to say blind spot was great. What blind spot is and I, I don't want to ruin it, but it's somebody who's on a phone call trying to change their airline tickets in the car. And it's actually very very clever. So if you I don't want to ruin it for you, but it took me I would say very a very long time to figure out what was actually happening in it. And after I did I was like that's pretty clever. <laughs> so it's actually very very well done. So we're going to link to uh to not only the original uh short film Blind Spot uh but we're also going to link to uh his new movie project Shadows in the Grass 
um, and there's a Facebook page as well. Matt is a talented filmmaker. Uh, I really enjoyed Blind Spot, and I think that you know this is something that if people wanted to donate, you know, some money to see uh, a, a independent filmmaker out there to make something, you know, this might be something you might want to throw your money at. So we'll put it on our site for this episode, Matt. We got to thank Andy, Br- British Andy. British uh, Andy. Gosh, British Andy. I, I didn't even think he still listened. I didn't either. Motherfucker's been with us forever. I haven't heard from him in so long, but um, British Andy, he's been with us since like, gosh, like maybe like episode you know, 20 of cognitive dissonance or something. Uh, so for years we've, we've been in contact with British Andy and, uh, and he did just a wonderful caricature of us. Um, and so we put it up on the Facebook page and on Google plus. So if you haven't seen it, go to Facebook, uh, go to our Facebook page and click on it. Even if you don't like you know, Facebook, you can still get to our page, I think, even if you don't like our page. Right. So you can, you know, you can go to our website and at the top there's a Facebook link. You could just click on it. But he did this great caricature of us and it's wonderful. And actually, to be honest, he made two shirt ideas that we're totally going to steal. They're great shirt ideas. They're great. I love too that Andy drew caricatures of us that look better than the actual I us. know. Yeah, well that wasn't hard though. Right. I mean, he I know. stick yeah. figures and they have been better than those. But um but he, so he appreciative, did a, man. It's such yeah, a cool thing to do. It was a very cool thing to do. And those shirt ideas are great. So I'm gonna get somebody on those to try to actually do the the um the design on it because I've got to get it in like an EPS file or whatever to send it out to uh, to the guy who does our shirts. But I think you know we're going to change it to eggnost eggnog stick, which that was what somebody suggested, which I thought was pretty clever because he said yeah. agnostic, and then somebody was like, "No, make it eggnog stick." And so that was a pretty clever thing. And then the glory hole shirt is great. The it's glory so hole shirt funny. is a, it's a funny, it's so dirty, dirty shirt, <laughs> and it's awesome. And if somebody you know, I wouldn't wear anything like that around. <laughs> But, you know, best of luck to you. And it's so funny because when I as soon as I post, people are like, you have to make these shirts. Right. So evidently people don't give a fuck. They're going to wear it. And that's awesome. Good for you. We got a couple of we got a obviously we played a a, a voicemail earlier um, about us going to uh, Liberty University. But we got an email from Catherine who does not like Liberty University at all. Oh, no, she does. She says she becomes the Hulk whenever I Liberty University is brought up in conversation. Um, it, it, on top of scamming kids with financial aid, like offering a bunch of grant aid for the first year to entice them to come over and then essentially dropping the aid after that, it has an appalling code of conduct. When I was college advising, I would show the Liberty way to students in hopes of convincing them to reconsider, um, just man, the hate for Liberty universal university is just palpable in this email. And it's, it's evident why. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, it's, you know, their code of conduct is absolutely abhorrent. Um, So this is, you know, just just do a Google search for it. It's just I mean, this is ridiculous. But, you know, good for you for trying to convince people to stay away from there, Catherine, you know, because that's I mean, gosh, that, you know, they don't need any help. And they are a for profit university. I mean, they're just you know, they're just shitting out, probably shitting out terrible degrees for these people. They have a curfew, Cecil. Oh, I know. It's a college with a curfew. Simon sent us a message, and uh, he submitted. He was uh, the one person who submitted a Yahweh or the Highway uh, image. I'm going to put it on this episode, so uh, look for Yahweh or the Highway 
the uh, and, and the image is great. The image I think is that, funny. My favorite is the is the uh, in the background. The bottle caps on the crown for <laughs> <No>. God <laughs> is awesome. So check out this Yahweh or the highway. Um, he also says that he would really appreciate a small shout out for his website. Um, he's a struggling artist in New Zealand, so um, I'm gonna share this website on this episode of Cognitive Dissonance. So go ahead and check it out. Um, it's Shine Darlington. I'm not going to spell that. Go to our website, Dissonance Pod. It's episode 104. You'll be able to find it. Tom, uh, we got an email from Trey, and Trey says, uh, Big glory hole, love the show. As a biological anthropologist, the attempts to adopt healthy debate language in science texts make me want to waterboard the perpetrators with eggnog. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, that's Ugh. a blargle, my friend. That is that is a that's the fucking worst of the worst. That really right is. I'd rather have my fucking nipples electrocuted. <laughs> <laughs> Weekend at Guantanamo? Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Club Med it is. Sounds I love good. it. <laughs> Stuart sent us a message and Stuart just found us. Um and it's funny because Stuart's message went to spam. I had to go into the spam folder to let it out. I don't know what you did, Stuart. Um, but Stuart sent us a message and um he said that, you know, he's he's lifting weights and he made the mistake of like trying to do bench presses while we were uh, while we made him laugh and he almost dropped the bar. So he's doing it while he's walking. He's listening to our pro- program while he's walking or biking instead now, which is probably a good idea. Uh, he says that he wound up um, he, he actually has a podcast and it's exposing pseudo astronomy. So we'll put a link to his podcast on this episode of uh it's 104 dissonancepod.com uh you can find it he has on uh he had dumbass on his show on episode 18 so if you're a fan of dumbass's show and you want to catch dumbass uh you can also catch him on exposing astronomy uh, exposing pseudo astronomy which is a stewart's podcast um and uh, he also says that he's going to be uh doing a uh workshop called uh how your camera lies to you um so that's great. Uh, we're not going to be there at eight in the morning on Thursday. We're not coming to any of those uh, those workshops where we didn't pay for those workshops. Um, but we are going to be there Thursday evening and we'll be at the uh, at the meet and greet. So if you show up and you're in your green tie or not in your green tie, just show up and say, hey, Stuart, uh, we'd love to talk to you. Anybody who's at TAM, you know, and you're at TAM, you want to see us, we'll be at that party. We'll be drinking whatever the drinks are i don't know if they're free <laughs> drinks or not or if they're buy drinks if they're buy drinks it's going to be bourbon if they're free drinks it's going to be the best beer they probably have um but what you know whatever that is what is that going to be miller light oh don't say it don't yeah, say no, it that's that's what's gonna i mean come on whenever it's like a free open bar all you get is macro Ugh, so um so yeah we'll, we'll be drinking a beer there and then we'll probably head on over to the bar and hang out for a little while and drink bourbon until we're ready to pass out but we'll be there Thursday night all night, so uh, so come check us out if you if you are at Tam and you want to just say hey, we'd love to meet you. So come on over and see us at the meet and greet at Tam, which I think is at seven o'clock on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely, it sounds great. And I'm sorry we're not going to be able to get to your workshop. We're just not going to be in on time. Yeah, we're just not even going to be there at that right. point. So. All right, so that wraps it up for this episode. Um, we are going to leave you with the Skeptic's Creed, although this time it is Logan's Skeptic's Creed. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you out next time for episode 105. Hey, Tom and Cecil, this is Logan from Arkansas, and I thought that today I would lead us all in the Skeptic's Creed. So please, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, put your hand over your heart and repeat after me. Credulity 
is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter mommy issue hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician double bubble toil and trouble pseudo quasi alternative acupuncture waiting pressurized stereogram pyramidal free energy healing watered downward spiral brain dead pan sales pitch late night info docutainment. Leo, Pisces, Cancer Cures, Detox, Reflex, Foot Massage, Death and Towers, Tarot Cards, Psychic Healing, Crystal Balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, Aliens, Churches, Mosques, and Synagogues, Temples, Dragons, Giant Worms, Atlantis, Dolphins, Truthers, Birthers, Witches, Wizards, Vaccine, Nuts, Shaman Healers, Evangelists, Conspiracy, Double Speak, Stigmata, Nonsense. Expose your sides. Thrust your hands bloody. Evidential. Conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. <laughs>